G'day guys, Jay here with another episode of Pesty Profiles, the podcast where we put the spotlight on the best in the pest business. And join me once again as my co-host, not only the president of Women in Pest Management, but also my globe-trotting wife, <laughs> the Nikki Turner. How <laughs> are you doing? I wonder what you're going to come up with this one, because this is a bit of a different podcast. And yes, globe-trotting is, yes, is correct. I am exhausted. I am totally exhausted. And at the moment, it's Sunday and you've got me working. <laughs> It has been an insane couple of weeks, yep. um, and yet yep. it is Sunday morning, and my eyes are hanging out of my head. So, uh, so over the last couple of weeks, we've uh, been over to Fiji. Yeah, uh, I guess put it in perspective like this: it's, we've, we've literally left Noosa. Yep. Went to Brisbane. Yep. Brisbane to Nandi. Yep. Nandi to Suva. Suva. Yep. And no stopovers. That was pretty much like <laughs> it was all connecting flights. Um, Back again from Suva to Nandi to Brisbane to Noosa, home for... Three days? I think it was like two and a half days. And then Noosa to Brisbane to Cairns to Osaka to Kansai. Is that right? Oh, Kansai Airport, Kans- yeah. Kansai. Yeah. Airport, yeah. Um, tra- no, Osaka Airport and yeah. then to Kansai Main Train Station. Oh, yeah. And Which then- is the same area, same spot. Well, I don't know. I just... I'm exhausted. <laughs> and then and then gonna, you convinced me to catch a subway when I just wanted to get a taxi. <laughs> so we got a train to Kyoto <laughs> Station and then from Kyoto we got a subway to the actual conference centre. Yeah. Did the conference for a couple of days and then did the whole thing journey in reverse again um, back home. I've never, ever felt so exhausted in all my life. Yeah. <laughs> just... And then we did the uh, Sunshine Coast Business Awards last night. We did, <laughs> and then got up and done a podcast. Yes. So, so what we thought we'd do is we do thought we'd do a bit of a recap on what we've been up to, obviously, uh, and what we've actually learnt and, and taken away from um, this hectic period, and just try and share with you guys. You know, and you know, as I keep banging on to in all our podcasts, and I sound like a bit of a broken record, but I, what I do love about the pest management industry is just the different change or different cultures in pest management. So. That's what I really, really love, and that's what I like to really, really share. So we're going to talk a little bit about you know what we got up to in Fiji, and then what I learned about the pest management culture in Fiji, um, and then the same as um, Japan, uh, what we took away from that, and then also what I learned about the pest management culture over there. Um, yeah, and then we'll do a wrap on that. So yep, that sounds good. Mm, cool. Sounds all right, so good. let's let's start off with Fiji. How did that one come about, Nikki? Uh, I promised a cedar if she won the excellence award that I would go and visit her in Fiji <laughs> and she won so I kept my promise and also I went over there to set up Women in Pest Management South Pacific so yeah we you came along you yep. tagged along I always tag along as I do <laughs> you tagged along and um, wow what an experience uh, I was look with um, we've been to Fiji before, obviously, yep. but obviously for a holiday, done, holiday, and obviously done the tourist thing. Stayed in the tourist parts, you know, Denarat Island. Um, actually, I do remember. Actually, I did do a bit of pest management over there because I just happened to be over there when Peter McCarthy was over there doing some. Yeah, that's right. He was doing bird work. Yeah, in your, mine, in your minor work there, so I caught up with him. But anyway, that's another story. Um, so yeah, but this time we actually stayed with um, Acida and Vinay in their actual house, and were they not the hostesses with the mostesses? But well, it was Diwali. <laughs> it was um, Diwali festival, and I think we arrived on the third day of Diwali. Yep. The food. So, for those that don't know what the Diwali festival is, is basically um, uh, uh, it's an Indian thing celebration um, that 
goes on for about a week and it's all about eating it's all about fireworks it's all about dressing <laughs> yeah. up it's so every night there lights was, every night oh, lights you're just colorful hanging, lights everywhere decorating yep. your house with lights everywhere and just random fireworks going off constantly over the whole week that we were there yep we thought it was gunshots at first <laughs> we're in suva and we're like what the hell's happening <laughs> Hit the floor. <laughs> Get down. Oh, gee, it was funny. But um, oh, seriously, hostess with the mostesses, both, both of them, like I, I can't talk more highly of them. Um, I don't want to look at another curry for a month, though. Um, my, or- ba- my bowels are still recovering. <laughs> my stomach's never been the same since. Sorry, Santa, we absolutely loved your curry. But, oh, my gosh, we <laughs> the food. Uh, the, the mud crab curry is my highlight. Uh, I'm still trying to get the yellow tinge out of my beard. My beard. <laughs> it was in my fingernails and everything. <laughs> it was in all places. <laughs> and the prawns. And and if oh someone my... tells me to eat, 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 Jay, eat one more time, <laughs> I'm going to slap them across the table. <laughs> but we're family now. So apparently, um, Osita has told me that we are sisters, you and Renate are brothers, and we are family. And we're, We've even been invited to their son's wedding. Yes, we're going back. We're going back for the son's wedding. She's bought me an outfit, so I have to go. But um, very interestingly, let's talk about the pest control in in Fiji. Um, We got to spend quite a bit of time at Fast Kill. Yeah, so it it definitely wasn't a holiday. I mean, we spent uh, at least three full days actually at their office and, and out in the field a bit. Um, and so you in particular uh, in oh, the office. Oh, yeah, I, I love being out in the field. <laughs> yes. We got you all uh, uh, PPE'd up and uh, threw you under a house. And yeah. it was a good house to crawl under. This house is 100 years old and it had everything going on. I'm glad I had a hard hat on because <laughs> I hit my head that many times. And uh, it was... Um, yeah, it was interesting. I, I, I think I will prefer to stay an office chick after yeah. <laughs> after doing that work. Yeah. Um, but, but Asita and Vinay's son, um, Jordan, um, took me out in the road. We went and visited a couple of their sites that um, they look after. And obviously, with our business, we have a, a big emphasis on strata or resort-style management. So he took me to one of their resorts that they actually look, um, look after. And it's amazing. Initially, when I sort of first went out with him, I sort of thought, oh, you know, how are we going to get along? Obviously, is that cultural differences, um, you know, different background, that kind of thing. But as soon as you start talking pest control... Uh, well, you guys hit it off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got on like a house on fire. So you had a ball. It, it was amazing the similarities because, you know, I, I, I'd be, I first walked in and I spotted the, you know, the road and base stations and I knew the brand of it. And you just start talking brands and products and we're all in the same language. You're all in the same, yeah, we're all familiar with the same products, the same techniques, the same methods. Um, yeah. And... Their methods and techniques, are, you know, there's certainly differences, um, but there's certainly a lot, a lot of similarities. But one of the biggest things I learned over there is that they're – so they do a lot of commercial over there, okay? Uh, and I think that's got to do with uh, – they do a lot of commercial, a lot of fumigation, a lot of that industrial-type work. They don't do a lot of domestic. They do do, you know, some domestic, but not a lot. And I think that's got to do with – the economy of the place over there. So most people, um, you know, can't afford you know general domestic pest control at you know two hundred fifty three hundred bucks because the prices they're charging over there, are, you know, are almost on par with the prices that you know we're charging over here. They're actually quite respectable pricing with fast well, ki- with, with fast kill with fast yes. kill. Yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely one of the things points that a cedar sort of made is that there's a lot of 
backyard, so to speak, applicator. So what we refer to as the $99 guy. And that's, that's a big issue over there. Um, but the pricing that, you know, fast killer charging, it was, you know, very, very respectable. You know, they're talking 230 250 bucks for general household pest treatment. Um, and they're then offering high-end service, though. Yeah, they are, definitely. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the strata, the result type work, the thing that blew me away um, that Jordan was explaining to me is just the frequency of services they do. So... Yeah, that spun me out. The one place that he took me to, and admittingly he did admit, look, this is sort of at that high end of the scale and that's because the client expects it and demands it. Um, but the, the resort there has got a restaurant and they service that restaurant every week. Yep. Every week. And they start that service at 11 o'clock at night and it goes through to 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Every week. Every week. And then the actual um, the room services, they do them every two weeks. They service each room every two weeks. Could you imagine our resorts <laughs> coming in every yeah. two weeks? Yeah. So immediately he said that's you know that's at the upper end of the scale, but you know, monthly is not. That's very common. The service each room every month. Um, the restaurants and cafes every two weeks. That's not uncommon. And I'm thinking to myself, and the, oh, and how's this? We're walking around the resort, and there's glue board fly lights on the external of the building outside the doorways. And I'm like, man, how are we going to change these glue boards? They're, they're going to be plastic. Goes, yeah, every three days. They change the glue boards every three days. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, mate, the lab- this must be costing – the labour on this would be insane. But the big key difference over there is that their, their wages over there are extremely low. Yep. Okay. So the labour cost is – is very small compared to our labour cost. So their labours over there, is, on average, uh, are on seven or eight dollars an hour. That's it. Yep. Their staff, right? Versus our staff, which are on thirty-seven, thirty-eight dollars an hour. Right? Plus, depending on what Plus, position. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So it's a big difference in labours, but their biggest cost is actually product, is chemical. Yep. And they they actually do use high end. They do. Products. Yeah, like I went yeah. into their storeroom and, yeah, and the thing is they get most of their product from – they've got to source their product from – they don't have a distributor in Fiji. So they've got to source their products from Australia and New Zealand. Um, so they're using the same products that we are using uh, and they are using, you know, good quality brand products. Um, and the other thing is they've got, to, they've got to stock up. It's not like, you know, I can – here in Australia, I can ring Garrods in the afternoon and I've got to deliver the next day. You know, yep. They've got to get it flown in. So they got to, they got to stock up, and then they don't want to stock up too much because they. I know I was talking to a cedar and Vinay, and they just they want to just have enough, so things aren't going out of, like they don't want anything going off or going out of date. So they actually don't stock up that much, mm. um, but they're big on hygiene over there. Yes, they are. Yes, yeah, they are big mm. on hygiene, um, mm. which um, is I think the majority of their work. Yeah. Um. And, and a little bit of cleaning thrown amongst that. And so yep. the other thing that blew me away was that um, they've got a staff of over 50 staff, right? And then I was asking, all right, so how many you know, service vehicles you got on the road? And they said 12. And I'm doing the logistics of that, thinking <laughs> to myself, hang on a sec. <laughs> we did see vehicles driving around with 20 people on the back of the vehicle. We did, actually. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when they we said We did, that. actually. So, no, what it is is they've got staff which are full-time at, un- at individual sites that yep. work full-time at these sites. So they essentially, you know, as I sort of indicated, how frequently they do pest control there, 
But when you start throwing in hygiene as well, start throwing in a bit of cleaning, those staff just work permanently at these commercial sites full time. Yep. So that's where a lot of their staff are. And then also, because they do so much fumigation as well, they've got staff that just work at the actual ports full time. Yep. Um, so they don't have, even though they've got a, a staff of over 50, they don't need to have you know, 25, 30 vehicles. Um, they've only got the, the dozen vehicles in their fleet. I spoke to majority of their staff mm. um, on and off throughout the three days we were there and, and the respect that they have for Aceta and Vinay blew my mind. Uh, I, honestly, I don't think I've seen a more dedicated crew and staff. Um, they won't leave. No, we were there. <laughs> seven my, o'clock at night. I was. We, we were there most nights um, to about seven, seven thirty, yep. and the staff were still there, just working, pottering around, hanging around. And I'm going to see. So, what time do they actually clock off? And knock off? They shot. Oh, no, they've already clocked off. They're already knocked off. I'm going. Well, why are they still hanging around? Do you know, they just like hanging around and knocking off. <laughs> they just. They don't want to go home. Yeah. They just hanging awesome. around. <laughs> Another thing that I love too is um, for those that, I mean, a lot of people know Aceta obviously from attending the conferences and winning Pest Manager of the Year. You don't hear much about Vinay. You, he, he's sort of there in the background, but you don't hear much about Vinay. It's, it's more focused on Aceta. Well, he, he does a lot. I've realised being over there in his own domain. How, how awesome is he? Like His phone is attached <laughs> to his ear. Yes, it is. He's constantly on the phone, and I crack up their phone calls. Their phone calls are so short and sweet. It's like, you know, speaking in their Hindu language, but it's just a dip, 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 gone, done. Yeah. And then the phone rings again, the dip, 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 gone. <laughs> Even when Jordan was ringing, you know, it was just, yeah, it was literally a, a five-second phone call. Get get to the point, say what you got to say, hang up, move on. We need to learn to do that. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing is how quickly things happen and get done over there. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, I know. When they want something done, it, it gets done that so, day. Or so it was Friday day. night, Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon, um, you gave a seat of the graphics for uh, for Whip from South Pacific. Well, I didn't even give her the graphics. I just put up a post on Facebook. Oh, yeah, try. Right. <laughs> I yep. put a, fo- a, a photo of, of the graphic. Yep. Um, yep. And then that weekend, we shot down to the Coral Coast and have a bit of R&R and um, got spoiled again and um, stayed at their cousin's hotel. Yeah, I think the cousin was the well, – they've got a lot of cousins, but, yeah, one of them was managing, I think, the hotel. Hotel. Yep. Oh, and then, like, we stay in the room, and then the the cousin's the chef. Yep. The yep. cousin's the chef. So he comes in introducing himself to us, and um, yep. and on the way down, we picked up some um, fresh prawns on the side of the road. Not off yep. the side of the road, but off one of the stalls <laughs> off the side of the road, as you do. <laughs> we we just, bought them. Yeah, we just scraped some, you know, baked prawns <laughs> off the side of the road and handed the chef, here, cook these up for us, and yeah. No, no. So we gave him those, and then um, he and uh, Aceta and Vinay were talking in their language and discussing meal options, and me and you were just looking at each other <laughs> going, oh, more food. <laughs> okay, okay. So that was all good. So we're sitting down, and then he brings in one dish. Oh, cool. Oh, beautiful, yeah. Then he brings in another dish. And then three more staff come in bringing more dishes. And these dishes just kept coming. It was like eight course. Eight these courses. dishes just kept coming in all through the night. But Vinay's Aceto are hardly eating and we're going, what? And they're what's going, eat, food? eat, eat. And <laughs> then they're going, for you. all right, do you want some more? And I'm like, no, no more. I can't eat anymore. Uh, the whole table is just chockers full of food, seafood. Oh, it was insane. They, are, they seriously are the most beautiful people and um, definitely, I think, friends for life. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah. getting back to my story. Yeah. Oh, yes. The graphics. The graphic. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's seen it go up on, on Facebook. And um, 
Yeah, literally we walked into the office on Monday morning. First thing Monday morning? Walked in, yeah, walked in there and sitting there was the Fiji Times. Yep. <laughs> and, and like, okay, cool. And I didn't even see it at first. I'd literally, because we were late and I sort of rushed past, sat down and everyone's laughing and then someone said, turn around, Nikki. And I've turned around and there's a big, massive sign, wasn't there? A big banner. Big banner, that's it. Yep, hanging on the wall. Yep, WIPM. Uh, yep, South, South Pac- Pacific. South Pacific. And I'm like, when did you organise that? I only just... I haven't even given you graphics. <laughs> and and uh, one of her girls organised that while we were away for the weekend. And speaking of girls, I noticed when we walked in, I go, there's a lot of staff here this morning. Why is that? And they're all female. So there was, how many was there? I don't know. Oh, uh, look. I don't know. It's about a, there was about a dozen. Yeah, 10 or, do, 10 or a dozen yep. female staff hanging around. And a lot of staff here today compared to last week. Yep. But Asita yep. had actually organised and pulled a lot of her female staff off the road uh, or off the site to come and be there for photo opportunities and, a, and a, to, an a, opening of WIPM South Pacific and to meet you. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, but and then also to celebrate that opening, she's brought out a massive cake that's half the size of your desk <laughs> it's just, with the Whipham logo on it. Yes, I know. And I was scratching my hair, going, "How did you organise this over the weekend while we were all while we?" It was one of her 10-second phone calls that she was doing in the car. <laughs> She's ringing her girls <laughs> and telling her... Order this, know, do this, do this. Yep, yep, and they got it done. They get shit done over there. <laughs> they really do. That would take me two weeks to organise that banner to get made here in Australia. Or, was, or, or, um, or a cake I'd have to order a month in advance. Yeah. If I yep. could get a cake shop that was taking on orders. And the girls, some of the girls travelled four hours one way. Oh, four so, hours one way just to meet me. <laughs> so their lead fumigator in Nandy, yeah, right. And I was talking because I saw her, spoke to her during the day, and then at seven thirty at night when we we're all finally rolling out of the door, she was still there. Or she rocked up again. And I'm going, what are you still doing here? Didn't you come from Nandy's? She goes, yeah. So apparently, she got up at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, right? left home at four a.m. in the morning. Drove four hours from Nanny to Suva to be at the office for eight o'clock, right? Spent up until lunchtime with us there at the office, then went out in the road um, and did some work with one of the other staff in Suva, and then come back to the office. Fly hanging around me. Um, come back to the office um, and then get organised to head back. And then she was about to drive back to Nandy that night. So she was expected to arrive home about 11.30 that night. Yep. That is insane. And just, the, I mean, the look on their faces, honestly, just to shake my hand and, like, like be in our presence, that they were just so happy to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they really do appreciate having that job and that, that work. They do. Yep. Yep. And, uh, look, I take my, I still take my hat off to Asita. She is a pocket rocket. So is Vinay, to be honest. They both are. And to employ so many females, um, it you know, it just blows my mind. And they're all out on the road. They're all um, out in the field. Yep. Um, even even the office staff, um, you know, some majority of them are part in the office and out in the field. Mm. So. Um, yeah, they're just so appreciative. I can't believe it. They're just so appreciative of what they've actually got. Um, over there, so uh, that that was a, a quick recap of Fiji. Fiji, yep. <laughs> we we come home. 
for a few days. Yep. And then off we went to Japan to the Feyotma Pest Summit. It's our very first time we've attended a Feyotma conference. Outside of Australia. So yes, yes, yeah, that's true. Yes, yeah. we did attend Feyotma when it was at SeaWorld back in 2016. I think and it was. in Adelaide? Was that Feyotma too, was I'm it? I'm pretty sure Feyotma was in Adelaide that time. Yeah, you're probably right. You are probably right, but it was I, completely I, I, I different. Remember it having, I remember it having a very big Asian influence, so that's why I thought it was. Yeah, well, you, no, you're probably right because yeah. we've been been around for a few years. Yep. But um, this is the first time overseas we've attended a Feyotma conference. Correct. Um, so that was, I guess, to get there, that was a mission. Um, so unfortunately, there's no direct flights from Brisbane to... Um, Kyoto. Kyoto. Well, not to Kyoto, or but to, Osaka. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you've got to fly. Or Tokyo, for that matter. Yeah, so you've got to fly to either Sydney, you've got to fly to Cairns. And so we opted to fly to Cairns uh, and then from Cairns uh, across to Osaka. Um, so that was a mission. So Friday so Friday night we drove down to Brisbane, stayed at the airport, got up at 4.30 in the morning, jumped on a <laughs> domestic flight, flew to Cairns, uh, had a four or five-hour stop over Thank there. Thank goodness, because I forgot my gala dresses. Oh, <laughs> never <laughs> fails. <laughs> You're on the plane and then you look at me and you go, um, I think... I, I think I'll, I left my dresses on the bed. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So as you can imagine, um, Japan's climate is quite cool at the moment. So it's not like you want a summer dress. You're going to want a winter dress. And my and, size isn't the Japanese size, I can tell you now. So trying to find so trying to find a, a winter dress um, to... What can I say this politely? In Japan... <laughs> can fit me? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> in Japan was just not going to happen. So you decided to go shopping in Cairns. Yeah, I got an Uber from the airport <laughs> straight into Cairns Plaza. Yep, and, and you got two outfits. I bought two outfits. But it never fails. You always forget something. Yep, yep. Oh. I, I don't understand why you don't pack the night before, but you have to pack as we're walking <laughs> out the door. And this is where you go wrong because you lay everything out on the bed, hang things up on the door handles. You go, yeah, I'm going to pack that. I'm going to pack that dress in last. <laughs> yeah, well, I did want to put it in last. I was going to sort of roll it on the coat hanger and... And put it in last on top of your suitcase. But, of course, you closed the suitcase, rolled it out the door, <laughs> threw it in my car, and off we went. And those dresses were still sitting, laying on the bed. <laughs> so, You're more stressed about it than me. Yeah. <laughs> You blame me, right? So, but previously, you've forgotten all your tops before. You've done the same thing, hung them all up. All my tops, yeah. All your tops. My bras. I forgot my bras. Uh, toiletry bag, completely. Well, that was <laughs> both of our both of our toiletries. So we had no toiletries. We've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> your bras once. Yeah, I said that. That was that. Um, that was when we we're going to Toowoomba at Marshall Blacklocks conference, uh, conference, yeah. little mini conference, and. <laughs> That's all right. I buy bras in Toowoomba, and you're like, do they have a bra shop there? Of course <laughs> it is Toowoomba. They do. <laughs> anyway, we managed. We got through. So we we got we got there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Cairns got dressed. Um, seemed to be a popular flight because there was quite a few. Um, there was a lot of people from Aussie, going, Aussie contingency yeah. there. Yep. Um, all catching the same flight, so it's not like yeah. Uh, yep. So then flew over to Osaka. And then from Osaka, we had to get onto the express train there, and that was an interesting. <laughs> yeah. I can't read the signs. Well, every, everyone sort of said, you know, their language is, their English is pretty good. You, you're going to be fine. No one understood what we were saying. <laughs> I, I think I must just speak a totally different lingo altogether. Well, but, I, I do too, obviously. <laughs> no one understood us. <laughs> thank God for your phone. Just show them the phone. Here, I want to go here. 
And, ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, we get you there. <laughs> so then the train, train ride, the an hour and a half train ride to uh, Kyoto City. And then from Kyoto City, I uh, jumped on the subway, got yeah, that, to that was an experience. conference centre. But, of course, because we got there so late, which is 10.30 at night or something like that, they'd actually closed all the exits to the subway, so there was only one exit that was open, which put us out the wrong side. Um, so we couldn't I'm, get to the conference centre. <laughs> and I'm on Google Maps going, it's just here, I can see it. And you're going, well, how do we get to us? I don't know, there's all bushland in between us. How do we get there? But anyway, we get there. We didn't check in our motel room until 11. And we had two single beds. 11.30. And we had two single beds, <laughs> which I was actually appreciative yeah, like, of that. Yes. Appreciative of that night. <laughs> oh, dear. But we got there. Um but the uh, conference, how did you find the conference, darling? Because oh, I, what was your perspective of the conference? Extremely different. Um, you know, gone were the chemical manufacturers. I mean, there was a couple of chemical – the main chemical manufacturers were there. You know, BSF was there. Syngenta was there. Um, that was pretty much it. And Cystex was there. Yep. Um, that was it as far as chemical manufacturers go. Um, but what there was there was a lot of technology. Yeah. Um, a lot of IPM stuff. Yep. So fly lights, um, stations, monitoring stations, glue boards, just uh, a lot of IPM stuff, even a lot of proofing materials, you know, door seals, things like that. Yep. So very, very, very different to um, our stands, uh, exhibition hall over here in Australia. Um, gone with the thermal products. I think I saw one or two thermal products at most um, yep. there. Um, and that was Chelona and... Um, Xterra, I think that was it. Yeah. That was all Yeah, there. there wasn't much at all. Um, so, very, yeah, very, very, very different in the sense what was on offer as far as display goes. Um, the talks were very, very different. Yep. Um, it was very climate change, IPM. Yeah, uh, a lot of it was IPM, and we'll talk about that yeah, shortly. Yeah, and, um, and COVID-related, um, pest management and a, and a post-COVID uh, world um, there was a lot of those sort of type talks um, the talks were obviously you know a bit hit and miss some were just absolutely sensational yep um, and we'll talk about some of the speakers that were there shortly um, but obviously some of them were um, in Japanese <laughs> well we could put headphones on yeah, if we were get, more organised and you can get headphones yeah. to do the whole translation type thing um, but and know. it was um, it was uh, is, isn't it one of the first big conferences that it's been it was sort of half face-to-face and virtual so they're also filming like it was also a virtual conference as well so oh, i didn't realize that was one i didn't realize that was the first yes. time they've done that yeah okay. I, 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 I thought they've done a full virtual one yep. before yeah they I think did it's last the first, i think it's the first time they've actually had face-to-face and virtual together yeah okay so last year it was virtual yep yeah, it was all virtual. Because of COVID, yeah. Yep. Mm. But this year you could be a, a delegate and attend or yep. you could be a virtual delegate. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, the technology over there. I was blown away by the technology over there. So one of the things in particular was the fly light. So we're all – with technology, we know this is where the pessimistic industry is going, which I think is great. Um, we've seen it here in Australia with, you know, Bell's new IQ um, system, you know, with the rodent uh, monitoring. Um, but they're – taking it to the next level with fly lights in particular i mean there was one unit there uh or one product there that basically there's a little inbuilt camera into every fly light and so you can and then you sync it to an app uh, on your phone and then you and then you can also set it to a critical limit so when that glue board reaches 100 flies 
um, on that uh, glue board, it actually sends you a, a message to say it's re- reached its critical limit and you need to go and replace that glue board. Um, but what you can do at any stage is actually log into that actual, um, that individual fly light. So you can log into the site, look at the list of all the fly lights that are actually installed on that site, look at the, actually tell you which ones are actually active, which ones are full, which ones are green. So they code them in color. So green, red, and black. Black means it's no longer active, either means it's been turned off or power's gone out or something like that. Uh, red means reaches critical limit, so they're the ones you've got to tend to. And then green means they're still um, performing and they still got plenty of space on the glue board, so to speak. Yep. Um, but you can also actually, at any given time, no matter where you are, you can actually log in and take a screenshot of the actual glue board. The camera will actually take a screenshot for you and you can actually <laughs> look at it on your phone. So that blew me away. So that, you know, logistics-wise, if you've got sites that are quite remote, um, you can literally do it from home and check it out. Yeah, check your glue boards. You're all good. They don't need to do anything. Um, or if you see a few that have gone offline or a few that have reached a critical limit, you know, you need to schedule in a service to get over there. Yep. Um, the other fly light system that blew me away was not only does this one actually count the numbers of flying insects on the glue boards, but it actually IDs them for you. That one blew my – and I think you took a video footage of that. Yeah, you? I did, yeah. You got video footage yeah, of that. Yeah, so, um, so it's on Pessy So it's on Pessy Blake Society uh, Facebook page. I'll put a video up uh, on that. So basically there's a couple of ways. There's a couple of units that actually scan it on site yep. um, or you can actually have a, a portable scanner and you can actually just remove the glue board from the actual fly light and then just put it through the portable scanner and it actually IDs the actual flying insect right down to family level. So it takes it tells you when it's a firefly, drosophila, um, a moth fly, um, and then counts the actual numbers for you, and then actually can print off a, a data spreadsheet. Um, it can tell you when the highest time of day um, the insect yep. catch is. Um, that was just that just blew me. You away. were in that stand for for ages. <laughs> I went on wandering, and I come back, and you're still there. <laughs> it just I reckon you were there for a few hours. Just it, that sort of technology to be able to scan it and ID you know small flying insects. Yep. That was just mind-blowing. Yep. Um, expensive gear, but um, that's interesting. It gives us an indication of where we're actually going. Um, even some of the um, mozzie traps. Um, yep. that, how was that mozzie trap? That thing was like... That was a la carte. That was next level. That was yep. sci-fi. Straight out of a sci-fi movie, that thing was. Yep. Um, but, yeah. Uh, and even like even some of the new fly lights coming out in the market, geez, they were sexy looking. <laughs> Sexy looking. Oh, LED stainless steel LED lights. Yeah, it works. Slim line. Yeah, that was um, was it Pest West? Who, which they yes. they actually do. They actually do. They trip uh, in Australia. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, so yeah. that's their new line coming out. They've yeah. just had a shipment come in or something, so it will be coming out soon. Apparently. Yep. Yeah. So they were a very impressive light. So. Uh, um, oh, so let's talk a bit about some of the, the talks yes. or about some of the people that were there, yep. to be honest. One of them, um, one, one I do want to mention is um, um, Veron Merchant. Yes. I actually didn't realise who he was. I really didn't. Um, he, he approached me at the conference um, and shook my hand. Um, he, he'd seen me on social media and wanted a photo. And it wasn't until after... We, we got photos that I realised he won the, the Fayot Melita Award. Yeah. Which is actually quite big. It's yeah. actually a very, very big deal, that award. Um, but, yeah, tell us a bit about him, Jay, because he's... What, 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 well, what blew me away is um, he come and sat down with us um, 
a couple of times. Come up and introduce ourselves, himself to us, and we chatted for a bit, and you two got selfies, and um, yeah. and then um, he, he come and had a drink with us one night in the bar there. Yep. And then I saw him speak as well. But every time he come in the bar, he was truly, truly, truly humbled by winning that award to the point where he was actually had tears in his eyes. Yep. Right, and I'm thinking, oh, how nice is that? How sweet is that? Being so humble, you know, winning that award, and then yep. I started googling him. Right, and so he's got quite an interesting story. So his dad started the company with uh, ten to fifteen dollars. Yep, and his company is called um, Encore Healthcare, and it's based in Mumbai in India. And I googled him. According to Google, this is he's got a two billion dollar net worth value. And hang on, let me read it out. See if I can find. So he's a, he's a bit of a so he's a bit of an entrepreneur. He's an he's an IPM specialist. Um, he's a public health professional. Um, he's you're bringing it all up. I just got yeah. on, I just got on Google here now. So yeah. all right. So Virin Merchant um, is an Indian entrepreneur and businessman. He's one of the very powerful and successful businessman, not only in the city, but in the entire world. Virin is continuously growing his business and thereby growing his wealth. He's the CEO and vice chairman of Encore Healthcare Proprietary Limited, um, which is a renowned company. Recently, he came into the news because of his daughter, Radhika Merchant, who is going to tie the knot with the business tycoon, Mukesh Ambani's son, Anant. Oh, excuse my pronunciation of these Indian names. <laughs> but And I'm going through this and I'm going... Yeah, just he was so humble just to meet you. Yeah, I, I honestly didn't realise who he was until afterwards. Yeah, and then he got up and spoke um, as one of the speakers later on, and he only had tears in his eye. He was choking up at the very, very start when they introduced him and said he's the winner of the uh, uh, Envy Leadership Award, and he was nearly crying. Yep, yep. How yep. cool is that? It, no, it was, it was very cool. So he's um, he's definitely someone that... Um, I. I would love to do a podcast with him, actually, but you're like, you know, can we understand him? But I think we'll understand him. We should. Yeah, but, I mean, he speaks yeah. English quite well, but yeah. there's that Indian, mm. that Hindu accent that yeah, yeah. some people yeah. struggle with, especially really on a podcast. To, I'd really love to get him on. Yeah. Actually, um, I want to find out a bit more about Encore Healthcare because I'm Googling it and it's coming up as it's a pharmaceutical company, but he was – I know the company started off as pest management – what I have noticed, a lot of the companies over there start off as pest management and then they diversify into healthcare. Yep. Into hygiene. Yep. Hygiene and health in a fairly big way. But moving yeah. along. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another one um, I know you're going to love talking about is um, Dr. Denny, Denny Miller. Oh, Denny. <laughs> right here, right now. got a thing for Denny. <laughs> I've, I've got a professional crush on Denny Miller. <laughs> it's a professional crush. It is such yeah. a thing. So Denny and I have been – well, we've been talking for, you know, messaging each other um, quite a bit before the conference, mm. um, before heading over there because um, we are actually going to do a podcast with, with Denny at some point. Yes. She has said yes. Yes, thank and you. And that's, we that's why I've been messaging and talking to her and so we we arranged to catch up or, yeah, have a chat at the conference and um, you're like, introduce, introduce. I, I want a <laughs> selfie. I want a photo. <laughs> But, um, Does that sound creepy? Or weird? It is. It is. No, but look, actually, I've got a bit of a professional crush on her as well. I think she's actually yeah. So just to give your listeners a bit of a background, who she actually is. So Denny Miller is the associate professor of entomology um, at the Department of Entomology in Virginia um, Tech. Yep. So she's an urban entomologist, 
Um, yep. Done a lot, a lot, a lot of work on um, urban pests, primarily German cockroaches and bed bugs. Bed bugs. Yep. Oh. Um, particularly in that uh, low socioeconomic housing community type um, setup. And she uh, is probably, I guess, one of the most things that she's renowned for is the bait taco. Uh, which is a, a basically a method for controlling um, German cockroaches in um, very very cluttered or clustered sort of housing apartment sort of scenarios yeah. and in uh, the but, real low end. Yeah, oh, very low, low end. Low, low end. Very low end. Yeah. What I but what I love so much about Denny is she is just so uh, friendly, approachable. Um, down to worth, appreciative of the smallest things and everything. Um, she's so cheerful. But what I also love about her work is that she's not afraid to go against the grain of what we've all been told and should and should we do. You know, I mentioned the baked taco to people and people's instant reaction is, oh, you can't do that. It's not on the label. Yep. Um, you know, so, but she goes against that and comes up with methods and strategies that everyone's got, oh, you know, you know, one of the things that, you know, we always, she do- proves that they work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the things we tend to, um, you know, we always go to, oh, you need to clean up. You need to clean up. We can't do anything unless you clean up. You need to remove competitive food sources. But she's like, no, you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, and she proved it. And yeah. she's more um, really, really getting into more of the um, the assessment-based pest management approach. Yeah, yeah that's Not pretty cool. the integrated pest management Yeah. So approach. to give listeners so. an idea or concept what the assessment pest management approach is, basically it's a way of instead of having scheduled services, all right, so going in every three months, what you basically do, you have scheduled monitoring. Um, and then when, when it reaches that critical limit, then you schedule an actual service or a treatment as such. So you you monitor it basically by using Glueboard, so to speak. So essentially what they do, they've got, a, a, I guess, a system or a method where they'll actually place you know, three glue boards in the same spot in every apartment. And then they'll check those glue boards after a certain period of time. And then they rank it or rate it depending on the catch rate on each of those glue boards. When it reaches that uh, critical um, point, then they'll schedule an actual service on that particular apartment only uh, or those apartments that actually reach that point. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I like it. So you're focusing your energies and efforts on – because otherwise, yep. if you're doing every apartment, you're going in with that minimalistic approach. But no, but if you just focus on those really, really bad apartments and the medium-sized um, apartments and allocate the required time for that, you've got far better means of getting control. And the big difference is what she was um, talking about when we were – we're having a private conversation too, is over there, they, they literally just go for the cheapest quote. It's, it's, oh, it's like 7 or $8 a door. Yep. It's, they go for the cheapest, cheapest quote, that's it. And yep. um, we're o- over here, like if, if there is a, a big issue and you need to get that sorted, they will pay the money to get it sorted. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's another one that um, I, we won't go too much into it because we will get her on a podcast. Yes, definitely. Um, and, yeah, probably sooner the better, so I will, I'll get on, onto it. We'll let her get back to the States first. She's just arrived. I've been stalking her, stalking her on social media. She's, yeah. <laughs> she's just arrived. Another, another one for me and was, I think, a standout talk for me, and that's um, Tara Kanazawa. Can- how do you say it? Kanazawa? Um, I'm, I'm glad you're going to pronounce that one. Ka- Kanazawa, I think it is. Taro. So yep. he's he's the president-elect of yep. Fayotma. Um, so the incoming president. Yep. And um, also the CEO of Hysia. Is that how you pronounce his business? Hysia, yeah. Hysia, yep. Hysia, yeah. So it's um, a combination of hygiene and Asia. That's where the name ah, comes from. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yep. So mainly mainly in Singapore is um, most of his 
Um, he's got Singapore quite- and Japan, yep. but they offer services to 12 different countries. And where does he live? Including here. He lives in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. No, it lives it in Melbourne, me, Australia. It blows me, blows me away. Yep. Yeah. So, but he's got a really, really cool story. So he's so that business, which was um, formerly known as Dynamic Sanito, right, was started by his grandmother in 1969. Yep. Right. And how's this right? So his grandmother met uh, his grandfather. His grandfather's family owned a candy making business, and they had a big rat issue big rat infestation. So she started doing her homework and started researching about rats, learning about their biology about rats, and started doing rat control at the candy-making business. From that, she becomes... So is this his mother or grandmother? Grandmother. Grandmother, yes. So this is his grandmother. Yep. So this is Tara's grandmother. Yep. So from that, she started... She became fascinated by it, and so she started offering pest control services to other um, companies around Japan. Yep. And that's, she started that business, uh, Dynamic Sanito business. Yep. And it grew them out, like, how's this, right? She used to actually go to MPMA conferences in the USA to learn. Wow. From Japan. A female, right, in the 70s. Yep. From Japan, went to the USA to MPMA conferences to learn about pest control in general and broaden her knowledge and brought that back to Japan. And then she was also awarded an award by the Emperor of Japan for her services to pest management in Japan. How's that? Uh, he's, that's what I'm saying, like he's... It's in his blood, <laughs> big time. <laughs> no, and it's, it's, it's passed down from generation to generation. He's even talking about now his son is coming into... Yeah, so he's third generation, so then, yep. and his son's going to come into the business as well. Yep. But what I loved about – that's what I loved about his talk was, I guess, learning a little bit about his story because um, I, I knew nothing about him. I just knew that um, he's he's going to be, you know, the, the Fayotma president. Check, check out his LinkedIn profile. It's full on. I've, even I haven't done like that. Like he hasn't just gone straight in as being CEO of Heisia. Um, uh, he's actually yeah. – He's got a diploma in advanced um, business marketing or something or other. Yep, yep. Um, and then he's worked for a few other companies and then worked for a few other companies and then he's just gradually worked his way up. And his talk was, it was basically, it was all on um, what separates people who give up um, and people who don't. And for me, that was a big thing. It, oh, it just, I, I looked in your eyes I, and knew that resonated I, you straight away. I was falling asleep in some of the talks, and then all that one, I just perked right up. Yep. And it was—I think it was the last talk too. It was one of the last. It was one talks, of the last talks in, yeah. in the conference, so we're all tired. Yeah. Um, and basically, it was about—it was about grit. Yeah. It's about grit, passion, and resilience, um, and determining—you know—determining success. Um, for me, you know, one of the biggest things for me personally is um, imposter syndrome. I, um, you know, I've always thought, oh, I don't know much about pest control. Even doing these podcasts, I stress about doing podcasts because I think, oh, I don't really know what I'm talking about. You know, it's, it's I, I don't want to do that, you know. But um, but one of the things he's pointed out is, um, you know, determining, you know, success is, um, you know, not talent, not intelligence or resources. And you don't have to be hugely talented or you don't have to be, hugely you know have that intelligence behind you it's you can still be successful and that's one of the things that i honed in on on that talk i know lots of unintelligent people that are successful <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm completely unintelligent i'm not but, talking about you <laughs> i know that but, yeah. but um that was look for me it was the standout 
talk for me. I, you know, it's what separates people who give up and people who don't. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a person who didn't really give up and so glad that I didn't. And so, yeah, his, his talk was... Um, yeah, one of his big good. things was don't take the comfortable road. Yeah, don't, um, yeah, get up when things aren't going well, Yeah, basically. And, and um, yeah, never satisfied, um, keep improving. Um, another one, you know, being satisfied by being unsatisfied, if that makes sense. I'm oh, a person, okay. I'm, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of those in your window type <laughs> yeah. ones, yeah. It's um, but there is a book. There's a book that he recommended, and um, I've actually looked it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it, and that's from um, Angela Duckwork, and it's called Grit, and that's where he gets a lot of his stuff from. So I'm gonna get that book. So yeah. New York Times bestseller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he was very impressive, and also just a hell of a nice, genuine, nice guy. Yeah. Uh, we got the opportunity to sit with him in the bar. Um, speaking of bar, did you notice that in the bar it was ninety percent Aussies? No. You think about the people that were sitting in the bar that after each day, they're all... It was just pretty much us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bar. Not just us two, but It was yeah. the Australian contingency that was there with a yeah. couple couple little ringings just for... But even the ringings, so we spoke to, you know, we spoke to Taro in the bar, we spoke to Viren in the bar, we spoke to... Uh, who else? Gerwin from Palgar. And, yeah. Um, yep, and Dominique. Know, yep. Um, but they're only in there for short periods of time. Yep. It was always the Aussies that were getting kicked out at the end. Yeah, we always had to have last drinks. The bar staff were going, come on, last drinks, last drinks, and then we're still sitting there. Yeah, no, no. But what? But for me, what that sort of leads to is just, um, yeah, Aussies are pissheads, but no, no. Um, but Not all. <laughs> no, but the way the, the Asians over there um, take their – Pest management industry so seriously. Yep, they're they're very very proud. Of uh, yes, that of was the, the word industry. I was looking for. They're so proud of that so industry. Proud. Yeah. Um, so, I would have to say ninety percent of people were wearing suits and ties. Yep. Yep. Women and men. Women and men. Well, the women didn't have ties on, but no. no. But even yep. the technicians were wearing. Um, if they weren't wearing a suit and tie, they were actually wearing you know a formal shirt. Yep. Um, so very 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 seriously. Um, they took it, whereas, and they take pest management over there. The industry they wear it with such pride, and they are so serious about it. And you know, and they're serious about it in the sense that it's uh, protecting the environment, protecting the health and well-being of the people that live in the actual environment. Um, they are the ones I believe that they're actually really setting the standard and where we're actually heading with the pest management industry as far as IPM goes and. Um, care for the environment and using less product or less pesticides actually in the environment. Um, I think they do everything great over there, just not pest control. Everything. Everything that, we, you know, right down to taxis. <laughs> you don't even have to open a taxi door. It opens itself. <laughs> they do everything. <laughs> that was your take-home out of all that. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I love the conference, but we're still over there to have a look and see, you know, what the culture was like. Yeah. But... Um, they, I think they do every. They're proud of everything over there. They're they're just proud people. Yeah, I mean, most people here in Australia, I find, work to provide for their social life. Yeah. Um, whereas they just work just yeah. to have a life, um, and they wear it with such pride, which is really really cool. I think everyone should exp- should experience a Fayette conference overseas. Yeah, yeah. hundred um, percent. Yeah, I mean, it's not just what you, the speakers you get you know you meet over there but it was a lot of other um 
you know, uh, high-end speakers that we, you know, got to uh, rub shoulders with and meet. And which over here in the Australian conferences, those speakers tend to get, I guess, lost amongst the crowd with so many other people. Um, yep. So you know, you know, we got to hang out with the likes of Stephen Doggett, um, Steve Broadbent. Yep. Um, Dave Lilly. Uh, oh, Dr. Chow, uh, yep. Yang Lin. So Dr. Chow, for those that listeners that don't know, he's probably one of the world's – well, he is, I reckon, in my opinion um, – one of the world's leading urban entomologists. He's co-author – he's co-author on Stephen Doggett's Bedbug book. He's co-author on the um, German Cockroach um, Bible, I call yep. it, um, book. I think I'll put uh, a photo up of me with Dr. Chow. Yeah. So he's yeah. been an urban, uh, urban entomologist for 30 years. Um, and he loves to sing karaoke. <laughs> That's what I got out of him. <laughs> no, he, he was very cool. He was very cool hanging out with him. Everyone uh, was waiting for him to take the microphone and start singing my way, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I've got him on Facebook. So, yeah, he does quite a bit of karaoke on, on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So, but, no, he, yeah, he, he's, he, he was awesome. Yeah, no, he definitely was. Um, what do you think of Japan itself? I loved it. I and, and I think I said to you when I was over there, um, I wish we had a day or two to actually spend time while we're there. We didn't. We, we oh, literally in flew in for the conference and flew out. So we, yeah, we went to one market and then we literally ate at, at the train station. It was um, pretty full on. But Yeah, so there's the, she- the monkey speak of in the Shiki markets. Yep. Um, so that was pretty cool. It was a little narrow little alley, just lots and lots and lots, lots of food products, lots of things on sticks that... I, I just... don't know what was on those sticks. <laughs> I don't know, and I wasn't going to try. <laughs> Lots of things on sticks. Lots of kebabs on sticks. Yeah, um, the things you notice, like octopus and fish, and there was things that I didn't know what it was. I thought, no, not going to go there. Tempura something. <laughs> tempura battered something. But what I did um, say to you is um, I, I could live there for a year, I think, and learn about the culture, their foods, and um, just such humble people. And welcoming and friendly. Yep. Well, I can't get over how welcoming they are and friendly they are and how patient they are and polite they are. Yeah. They, they cannot do enough for you whatsoever. Um, it's definitely a place I recommend for people to go. Yeah. Um, I was and a little clean. bit dubious. I'm like, oh, Japan, never been there before. Um, I don't understand the language. And, and look, the language barrier was a little bit hard because they just didn't understand what we were saying but we got through it no worries they did everything they could to help us you know make sure we had to get to where we had to get to yeah i mean like we went to um a couple of restaurants one was a little just a little i don't know we sort of queue out the door and thought oh this must be popular and yeah we'll line up uh, we'll line up and then then we're looking around going, what's the go here and then they're pointing to me and then pointing to a, a list and you gotta you gotta write your name down outside <laughs> the door and the number of people, so we worked that out. So you just got to put your name on a on a list, and then you stand yeah. outside and wait until a table comes available. And then we go in and look at the menu. And yeah, we couldn't quite read the menu, understand the menu, we but just picked a picture. Yeah, the <laughs> picture the picture looked really good. <laughs> that picture looks good. Let's hope we'll it's, have that um, one. <laughs> let's um, hope it's something I don't. And then another place like. we went to, we found this um, uh, food level. Um, that uh, was the best. That, that one. one. Well, yeah. it was. It wasn't like a vending machine, but it was. You actually had to. Prepay your meals on this machine. Yep. Right. So you had to go sc- scroll through the menu, slick the. Your, it's a bit like your, the McDonald's new McDonald's thing, you know, you scroll oh, through. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. It's just like it was like a McDonald's thing, yeah. right? But it was all in Japanese. 
<laughs> no English. That there was one. no. Normally, most vending machines have like when we when we did the storage locker, they had an English option, so I could actually press the English option, and everything was yeah. all the instructions were written in English. There was no English option for that. Um, those automatic machines. So yeah. I was just looking at the pictures and going, "Yeah, it looks all right." Hit that button. Yeah, that looks all right. Hit that button, and then we you fe- it. <laughs> then you feed your money feed your money into the machine, and it prints out these little tickets. And then, then you have to line up. Then you have to line up, and then when the <laughs> Um, the waitress greets you at the door. You hand her your little tickets, and then she seats you down this little, ta- little tiny little table. Um, and all the I've noticed the all the restaurants we went to, everything was petitioned because of obviously COVID. They and- take COVID very, very seriously over there. Yeah. Um, so masks weren't compulsory, but everybody everyone was, had a mask. Everybody on. had a mask on, and there was the clear perspect sneeze guards between <laughs> everything. <laughs> so me and you, we were everything. dining just the two of us, and we had the sneeze guard between us. <laughs> You're diseased. Yeah, we, we removed ours. <laughs> we removed it with a little. Yeah, um, but no, definitely. I think it's um. It's, I, it's I a very would, pretty place. Yeah, I would definitely go back and want to spend a holiday there, and spend some time. Mm. I mean, just that, I, I love the koi. I'm, I'm yeah, a bit, so do I. I'm a big fan of koi. I'm allowed to have them in Queensland. <laughs> great big, great big pond just outside our um, hotel room, full of koi, and then even over the conference center was that lake that was surrounding the actual. Like that was surrounding the actual yep. conference center, and there was just random koi just swimming around in it. Yeah, um, that was very cool. And white swans. Yeah, it was L- nice. It was very pretty. <laughs> it was nice. Mm. So that's a pretty much that's a bit of a quick wrap up of. I mean, we could talk about so many people we met over there, and yeah, um, but we've already gone to an hour. Oh, have we? Shit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yep. I one, th- one thing I want to talk about the Japan was was that drone. That drone was oh, yeah. insane. That drone would have been. Oh, three meter or oh, one and a half meter radius, so three meter diameter drone. But you can actually—they did a presentation on it, and you can actually um, what do you call it? Plug in the actual dot points, and mostly used for mosquito control and agriculture. Um, and you can actually program, and it would just basically hover up and down the aisles of the actual plantation, uh, applying the actual insecticide, and, you, and so you get complete even coverage. And it's all yep. yep. You just program it in, plot it all in, and it just does it all. Yeah, it, it was one be? serious drone. <laughs> you will not be able to have that at Kakadu Park or National Park. Uh, no, no, I don't think they'll let me like. There are no drones in that Kakadu National Park. You can't National have park. any at all. <laughs> Especially something that big. Imagine that. Um, all right, so that's that's a bit of a wrap-up of um, Fiji and Japan, what we've been up to. So strongly, strongly recommend to people, if you get the opportunity, just do it, just to experience um, you know, what's coming to the industry, broaden your mind. Um, can I just yeah. touch on... Um, airports if you want airports because over the last couple of weeks we've done our fair share I actually forgot what airport we were in at one point (laughs) where are we fair share of airports (laughs) what the hell is going on with airports at the moment they suck just quietly well I think they do Um, airlines suck at the moment (laughs) all Um, all the lounges are closed alright all the dining things are closed um, Osaka Airport doesn't even have a duty free anymore. It's closed up. Everything was closed. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, how about when I had to go through security? And every every security check's different. Yeah. So you don't know. Some say don't take your laptops out. Some say take your laptops out. Some t- say take your shoes off. And yeah, some are scanners. Some are just um, yep. yeah, electric. What do you call it? Metal detectors. Um, <laughs> don't go on about the shoes because that <laughs> cracks me up. <laughs> So, as you know, I wear steel cap boots uh, everywhere I go. 
Um, and of course, I got when I go through the security scanners, I got to take my seal cap boots <laughs> off. So I'm in Japan. I take my boots off. I've got to put them in the tub, and they're like, "Ooh!" They come running over to me, <laughs> and they present me with another Pacific tray of just for my boots. But in that tray is a pair of sandals, slip-on sandals for me. They look so, like little croc sandals. Yeah, but the problem is I don't have Japanese feet. <laughs> my feet did not fit in those sandals. I, I was lucky to squeeze my toes in them. Oh, God, I wish I got a video of it because I was so I'm crying. Sh- I'm shuffling my way through security check through the actual secu- through the actual scanner in his little slip-on sandals that only just went on my big toes. <laughs> oh, dear. I wish yeah. I, I – yeah, I wasn't allowed to use my, my camera yeah. through security. But the security checks are just – like there's three rows, but they've only got one open, and you're queuing up for an hour to get through it. I'm over airports. Yeah, well, lucky we're not going anywhere for a while. Yeah, so uh, it's all um, good. <laughs> uh, and then obviously last night we had the Sunshine Coast Business Awards. Yes. Yep. What a great uh, night. It was an awesome night. They there were, was 852. 852 what people attending? Attending. Yep. Oh wow. Yep. They uh, couldn't fit another person in. Awesome entertainment. Yep. Um, and it was over. Man, the Danny Man was our entertainment. The what? The Dunny Man. Oh, Kenny. <laughs> yep, Dunny Man. He was our entertainment last night. Shane. <laughs> um, yeah, he was an MC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they had over a thousand nominations. Yep. That's over a thousand nominations. It's yep. it's one of the biggest awards we've always attended to, though. Yeah. Like, it's just huge. Yep. Um, so we didn't win, but look, um, we're in the, unfortunately, we're in trades and services category, which is the most highest contested category there is. Saying uh, that, though, who did win was um, the laundry lady. The laundry lady. But, look, I actually know her, and her business is it's amazing. A, it's Australia-wide, and she turns over $4 million a year. Picking up people's laundry. And washing. And ironing and handing it back. It's just... Maybe we are in the wrong trade. <laughs> like, no, I don't fancy doing ironing, jeez. Yeah. But no, look, it's definitely what an awesome night. Our staff had a ball. Yep. Um, we took half our staff. Yep. And, um, you know, I think just being there, everyone is a winner. I'm, I'm, we've always said that. It's not about winning. It's about um, being a part of it. And um, we got to meet some great people on our table. And, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think we got a lot out of it. We'll enter again next year. Yep. And then we dragged our sorry asses out of bed this morning and come in and did this podcast. And now we're about now we're about to go and do a job interview. <laughs> yeah, well, not really. We're just meeting someone. Yeah, um, but anyway, um, and then we've got a podcast set up for tomorrow with um, Steve and Rebecca Olver. Yes. Um, so for listeners that you know, our loyal listeners will probably recognise that name. We interviewed Steve uh, just over twelve months ago. Bugger off, pestbusters. Bug, bugger off, pestbusters. And he announced on that podcast that. Um, They'd been purchased or bought out by by Flick. Yep, uh, acquired by Flick, um, and then obviously part of the the transition stage is a twelve month transition stage. So I suggested that we catch up again in twelve months um, and just see how it all played out. And Steve reached out to me and said, "Hey, look, do you still want to do that uh, follow up?" So we've got that booked in for tomorrow morning. So that'd be an interesting one. Yep, um, chatting to them how it actually all played out and how it all went and did it all go according to plan. And we've got Sean from Flick also. Yeah, so Sean, so Sean Coe's the Victorian regional manager? Yeah. I think so. Yes. And so he was obviously uh, quite involved with the uh, acquisition um, and I guess in helping Steve and Rebecca uh, come under the, the Flick brand. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to get him to join in as well and have a quick chat to him as well. Um, so and then yeah. we're only going to do a couple after that and then we're closing down for Christmas. We're going to take a Christmas break. We need a break. Christmas break. <laughs> But mind you, our um, our interviewee list is getting longer and longer and longer. 
Yeah, but they're good. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some good ones coming up. <laughs> the more I just keep meeting more and more people and go, Oh, I've got to do a podcast with you. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> so. we'll get we'll get there. So uh, any closing words, darling? Um, no, not really. Just that I am so exhausted. Um, I've, yeah, I reckon I could sleep for a week, but I know I can't. <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting back to work. It's, it's easier. easier. <laughs> it's easier, yeah. The travel actually really did hit me this time. Normally, you know, I love travelling, yeah. but well, it the, hit me this time. The stint home, I worked a day. We'd been up, apart from a couple little not-offs, we'd been up for 36 hours. Yeah. I sent some video footage just to friends. Um, I wouldn't put it up on Facebook, and even they've gone, you don't look great. Yeah. I mean, 36 <laughs> hours, yeah, right, that's a fair stint, but it's, you know, nothing mind-blowing. But 36 hours, no sleep, after doing a conference like that. And the yep. conferences take it out of you. They are an absolute yeah, You're mar- up early, you're up late. Absolute and- marathon. And yeah. you're thinking all day as well, thinking and talking all day. And so for me, I know I get absolutely brain drained. Yep. Um, my brain's normally fried by the end of a conference and then do a 36-hour travel stint home. Yeah. Yep. I was, yeah, not well. No, you, <laughs> no, you weren't. But, um, but no, look, I, I'm glad we did it. Mm. I'm glad we did it. Um, yeah, but I'm, yeah, I just don't want to go anywhere for a while. Cool. We'll stay home for a bit. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, all right, listeners, hope you got a little bit out of this one. Uh, but as I keep saying, the more you learn, the more you learn how much you don't know. So uh, I'll catch you guys on another episode of Pesty Profiles.